Last week we were in Psalm 23, probably different than we've ever gone through it before as we just looked at the very last verse, Psalm 23, 6, which says, surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And what we were emphasizing is that this, this particular picture of who God is in Psalm 23, 6 is no trivial manner. It really is the essence of the gospel. It's the essence of God sending his son into the world. It's the pursuing of humanity. That word follow me is, is an amazing word. The primitive root of it is to hunt <laughs> as a predator hunts their prey. It's intent focus on hunting something down. And God is saying, that's my heart for you. I have an intent focus on pursuing you. And that the ultimate expression of that is God sending his son into the world on our behalf for us to live, die, and resurrect on our behalf to bring us into relationship with God. And so this picture of God that's painted in this pursuing us in Psalm 23, 6. It reveals gospel goodness about who God is and who we are in God's eyes. And we pressed into it a bit last week saying we all have an understanding of God that is deeper than our stated beliefs. What we actually believe, what's painted on the canvas of our soul, so to speak, deep down into our innermost being and the, the emotion of it, what we actually believe and feel and think of about the nature of God. And my contention last week was this psalm in this short phrase of Psalm 23, 6, I believe it, absolutely can heal our hearts and when it comes to the essence of the nature of our Heavenly Father. And to use this psalm alone as one of the keys to repaint that canvas of our heart and inform the very core nature of who God is and how he pursues us. And it lines up perfectly with the nature of the Father revealed in Jesus Christ. So we did some word studies to go deep into the Hebrew of really every word in the phrase or in Psalm 23, 6, each of them so important. And I want to give us the summary of, of what we came up with. Now, if you'd like to hear the in-depth study of each word, last week we did that, so I'm not going to review all that, but we put all those word studies into a, a paraphrase, so to speak, a meditation on God's word, a way to reflect and think using the language that we studied from each and every word. And it has this picture of God that I believe God desires to have on our hearts about who he is and who we are in his eyes. And it's this, here's the paraphrase. With only a warm smile of pure goodness and steadfast love, 
you are pursuing me all the days of my life. And therefore, I will live in your presence every day. This is a beautiful, mighty confession of our faith in God's nature. But as needed, we can turn this into a prayer. The, I believe, help my unbelief. This week we're going to build on the beauty, the power, the majesty of this picture of God that is painted by David in Psalm 23.6. So I want to ask us to start with a prayer. And then we're going to actually go into the rest of Psalm 23. And see how David responds to the nature of God that he declares in Psalm 23.6. So what I'd like to challenge you to do right now is just take a quiet moment. Close your eyes so you're not distracted. I want to read Psalm 23.6 and I want to encourage you to see the picture of God that is painted. And then I have a follow-up question that I want to ask the Holy Spirit to show you something. So, just go with me for a moment in prayer. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would guide us right now and be revealing truth, more truth about who you are and who we are in your eyes. So just hear these words and see the picture of God's nature. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Or the paraphrase, just like Revelation paints this picture of God that's breathtaking. That's why the Bible uses imagery and why God gave us a holy imagination, the mind of Christ, to see these pictures of the beauty and power of God. So don't be afraid to where the Bible paints a picture. <laughs> to use your holy imagination, that's what it's there for. See the picture of God with only a warm smile of pure goodness and steadfast love. You are pursuing me all the days of my life. And therefore, I will live in your presence every day. Just take 30 seconds and see the picture that's painted by God's word. And now let me ask you an honest question, just in prayer. How are you responding to God in that picture? Of God running after you, pursuing you with that warm smile of goodness, steadfast love. How are you responding to God?
All right, amen. I bet there was a lot of different pictures in your mind about how you're responding to God. There might be a beautiful, warm embrace. That's what we would all hope for. Maybe you have a hard time seeing what your response is. You're not really sure. Might be fair. You might be running away from him, if you're honest, because we've all done that at times. You might turn your back on him, because we've all done that too. You might just kind of be on the sidelines watching, not really sure exactly how you're engaging. God's pursuit of us in this unbelievable picture that's painted in Psalm 23, 6 and affirmed by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that with only that warm smile of pure goodness and steadfast love, God is pursuing us every day of our life, but that doesn't guarantee that we're experiencing him. Why? Because our response is key. With just the same intent focus that he is pursuing us, we can have the equal intent focus on running away from him. Or turning our back on him. Or stepping aside as he runs by and saying, no thanks. This is why the Gospel of Matthew summarizes the Gospel that Jesus preached like this. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is at hand. It's a, that's a spatial picture of the whole of the kingdom of heaven. Every spiritual blessing of heaven, Ephesians 1 says, is ours in Christ. That's the gospel. All of the goodness of heaven, or Luke 12, 23. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you his entire kingdom. That's the gospel. All of heaven is yours. Come on, grab it. That's the invitation. And in Matthew 4.17, Matthew summarizes Jesus' presentation of the gospel by saying, Jesus starts with your response. Repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. The possibility, the potential of the kingdom of God transforming your life is because God is pursuing you in the greatest way possible. The warm smile of pure goodness and steadfast love is incarnated in Jesus Christ, in his life, death, and resurrection. On your behalf, on our behalf, to make possible that invitation that all of heaven can be yours. It's right here. The right response to that astonishing pursuit is repent.
metanoia, which means simply to turn around or change your thinking. Combine that with Psalm 23, 6 and that imagery of pursuit. It's, it's beautiful. To turn around is a perfect understanding of the response needed if we're going to experience the one who pursues us. God is pursuing us. How are you responding? Turn around and receive all of that pure goodness and steadfast love that's coming your way. For some, we need to hear, stop running away or turning our back. Jesus says, repent, turn around so you can receive that warm smile of the pure goodness and steadfast love of God. This is why I like the language of holy collision. You might hear me say it sometimes because that's, that is the imagery that the Bible paints in my head when I <laughs> use the visual images that God paints of pursuing me as a hunter. With that warm smile of pure goodness and steadfast love, he's chasing me. He's pursuing me. He's hunting me down. And when I repent, when I turn around, he's pursuing me with holy goodness. What am I doing when I turn around? Bam! Holy collision of heavenly goodness in your life. I mean, the imagery is rich. God is pursuing you. God sent his one and only son into the world. There is no greater possible way for God to pursue you. He's chasing you. He's hunting you. But if you're running, if you're weaving, if you're dodging, if you're turning your back, then you won't be experiencing I want to just paint the picture a little bit more here. So, uh, Micah, would you come up here, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I want to volunteer of whoever feels like they most embody Jesus in the room. But I knew there would be no debate. I knew we, let's go, let's come down here. There would be no debate, right? Right. So, so <laughs> I was saving you all the trouble. So, Micah, you are playing Jesus. Man, look at that hair, bro. This is glorious. Okay, if you could back up that direction. All right, you are playing the, 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 the role of Jesus here. You are embodying this picture. So, I want you to just do this right now here. So, with only a warm smile of pure goodness and steadfast love. That's a good picture. You are pursuing me. And what am I doing? So here, here's literally, this is you and me in life. And then I'm going to repent. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I'm uncomfortable, Jesus. <laughs> oh man. Jesus is not the one that lets go. Oh no. Oh. Oh, you let go though. No. <laughs> You all have that <laughs> seared in your image in your brain forever. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the only thing keeping me from a holy collision every day is me. Surely your goodness and steadfast love are following me all the days of my life. How many days of our life? All. Oh, God doesn't take days off pursuing you. So one of the most important questions of every day of our life becomes, how can I... Turn, make sure I'm turning. How can I repent and receive the goodness of God yes. that He has for me today? And that's where repentance doesn't have to have the negative bag the negative baggage, you know, that it that it can of just like it's the some guy on the corner that's got the picture and the sign of flames and repent and that's not that that's not true but that's a terrible delivery and it's not all the repentance is there's repentance on the daily on the subtle stuff where and I think if you're already a follower of Jesus that's really the main question is what's the subtle repentance that needs to take place how have I in in subtle maybe even unintentional ways turned from him and is there a way that as he's pursuing me today, I can holy collision. I can say yes to what he's doing by that, that turning towards him in greater measure. Yeah. How can I embrace the holy collision of his goodness? I think that's a fantastic question for every day. That God's chasing us down with that warm smile of pure goodness and steadfast love. What is my response today? Psalm 23. There are multiple ways that Psalm 23 describes appropriate repentance responses to God in various situations of life as he pursues us. David models in this psalm several healthy examples of what repentance can look like in our life each and every day in different situations. So I want to take just a few minutes and walk us through Psalm 23 with the eyes of repentance. That this is what repentance can look like. This is how we can say yes each and every day to turn and receive more of the goodness that God is chasing us with. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
That is a mighty declaration. If you think about that in your own life, the Lord is my shepherd, so I shall not want. That's a little, obviously we don't use that language that much. NLT, I think, gives a good uh, language that we would use. It says, therefore, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I have everything I need. That's a, that's a declaration. <laughs> I have everything I need in you, Jesus. That's a repentance. Because we don't act like it. Oh, I'll make it personal. I don't act like it all day, every day. So there's a turning. There's a, a repenting. A turning towards him in that declaration. It's a simple turning to him for everything we need. Is he your bread of life? Is he your living water? Is he what you turn to throughout the day to satisfy your soul? Where you abide in him so that out of you flows that living water. Turn to him for everything you need. That is very broad. But the verse is, the Lord is my shepherd, so I have everything I need. I shall not want. Like the literal in the Hebrew is, so therefore I lack nothing. That's like, wow. When I turn to Jesus and fully allow him to be my shepherd, I lack nothing. There is a war <laughs> out there and in here for that to be true. In you, I have everything I need. So that's where, when I talk about subtle turning, it can be throughout the day, you can recognize, you know what? Right now, no, I, I'm, actually, I'm not going to God. I'm actually turning away from God and going to something else. One time a day, two times a day, 20 times a day. I'm, I'm, I'm not acting like I lack nothing in you. I'm a subtle turn away from you and go into other stuff. So that is one way throughout the day that as he's pursuing us, we can be aware of a potential needed repentance to turn to him and live more fully into by God's grace and pray, you're praying these things into existence. God help me live out that when you're my shepherd, I lack nothing. I have everything I need. So that's one possible way to turn back to him, to repent regularly. In the next verse, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. So a way of turning back to him, repenting, so that holy collision takes place, could be when you are tired and weary, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you let him... Give you rest and restoration. 
So it's a turning, it's a repenting by first and foremost admitting that you need help. Admitting that you're tired and weary. This culture that we live in doesn't help us admit that we're tired and weary. There's a very strong strand, the Protestant work ethic, which has a lot of really good aspects to it, can go to the extreme and be unhealthy where you begin to you know, promote workaholism culture and put a badge on it. I'll sleep when I'm dead and work 90 hours a week and be in disobedience to Christ. We need to be courageous enough to admit I get tired and weary emotionally, spiritually, to have enough to give so that I'm giving my best to the Lord, my best, the best to my wife, the best to my kids, the best to work. How do I do all that? You can't. Unless you are learning to abide. Yes. There's the New Testament word, which means rest, remain, live. If you abide in him, you will produce so much fruit. People look at your life and they're like, God's got to be involved. That's what Jesus said. The one who abides in me bears much fruit unto my father's glory. Supernatural levels of fruit to the one who turns from trying to do everything on their own strength and pretend they're not weary and pretend they got it all going and say, I'm tired and weary, Lord. He says, cool, this is where I come in. Let me show you restoration of your soul. Let me give you rest. So that you then get my strength and my fruit. Moving on. Psalm 23.3. He leads me in, a, in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So a way of seeing what's going on there of as repentance and turning is you make the choice to turn away from doing things for your name's sake and allow him to lead you. And again, this can be subtle or it can be egregious. It can be huge. I mean, I, I, I remember when I was 19 years old and I had this dream of, it was shortly after high school and I had played football in high school and, and so that was like in my mind and, you know, passions and blah, blah, blah. But I had this dream of where I played defense, I played linebacker. So in this dream, I, you know, it's like a linebacker's dream, right? You catch a pick six, game-winning touchdown, right? So I had this happen in the dream where it's like I caught the touch or caught the interception, ran for the touchdown. But, and this is where it was interesting because God spoke about my heart and where I needed to repent. Because at the end of the dream, what was happening was I was in the end zone and hearing the roar of the crowd and just soaking in The glory of the moment. The praise of man. And I woke up. And God said, for your name's sake, you know. 
that's in your heart. And I was like, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> the dream felt good. <laughs> in the long run, it doesn't do good. For your name's sake, Lord. So I got scared. I, like, I quit all the leadership roles, just, just bounced out of everything because I was scared. I was like, I, okay, you, I, I get it. I don't want any of that. I want to run away from that. So there was a season where I like ran away. Ugh. And the guy's like, oh, no, I made you to do some things, but you need to get that one right for my glory. Let me lead you in paths for my name's sake. That was a major repentance. But that doesn't mean it's, I mean, let's be honest. Just because we repented big time doesn't mean it's over. Uh, we have this amazing ability to be like, oh man, this huge moment of repentance in the, in the embrace and it's so nice and warm and happy. And then somehow like you let go and turn and go like this again. Why? I don't know. We're crazy sometimes, but it's real. But that's okay. We're covered by grace. <laughs> He's perfect because we're not. But if we want to encounter him more, we got to be aware of these, ah, I want to turn back. Why do I keep doing that? And then the more that you turn and encounter him, that other, you know, what the Bible describes as a dog returning to its vomit, like gets less appealing because you have the bread of life. It's better than vomit. I hope. We keep turning. He's the living water. The next one in Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A turning in the valley would be to turn those fears over to him. And Trust that he is with you and he is fighting for you. Unbelief is a turning away. If you're in a valley and you be like, ah, you know, God forsook me. He's not with me. I got to do this on my own. That unbelief is a turning away and a relying on yourself. And fear is often one of those indicators that you're relying on yourself. You're scared because of what's coming. You know you're probably not strong enough, but that also is an indicator that you've probably turned this way. And you're trying to do it on your own. You're thinking about how you can fix it. You're mustering up your strength. And this picture that's painted is, hey, in the valley, recognize that I have a rod and a staff. <laughs> On your behalf. That's not to beat you up. That's to protect you and to go after your enemies. And I'm with you. So that's a turning back. It's like, oh man, I was in the valley. This is really hard. I just assumed God had left me. Jesus is like, what? <laughs> Come on now. I'm better than that. Does it assume that like I left you and threw you in the valley to suffer? No. Like it's a broken and fallen dark world. The valley's everywhere. Like the world is a valley. 
I'm with you. And I've got my rod and my staff to protect you, to comfort you. So that's, that's a turning. That's a turning to him saying, all right, I'm going to trust that you're with me. I can turn these fears over to you. Nah, nobody relates. <laughs> Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So the turning, the repenting, in the midst of the battle is to learn where God's telling you, sit down. This is my battle to fight. So that's an interesting picture. The enemies are coming at David. And you would think, you know, it's like, oh, be a warrior for God. And yes, that's true. So this is where it's like, whoa, man, we need the Holy Spirit to give us that discernment of when is God saying, yeah, you see those enemies? Well, before you go out on your own strength and try to fight it, sit down. But God, there's enemies right there. Sit down. Let me nourish you. Let me feed you so that in my strength, you go out into the battle. I mean, it's a fascinating picture. It doesn't make sense. It's actually tomfoolery, right? If you are surrounded by enemies, the dumbest thing to do when they're <laughs> got you surrounded would just be like, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to sit down and have a meal. Well, <laughs> the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. God says, turn, sit down, let me nourish you, let me strengthen you. So what does that look like in your life? I don't know exactly. This is what you have to wrestle through with God in a good way. What does it look like when you're facing enemies, when you're facing battles, to make sure that you're not doing it on your own strength, but that you've sat down and received a meal from the Lord? To strengthen you first. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's the turning. You turn to sit down and let God serve you. <laughs> let the holy collision be God is serving you a meal to strengthen you. And I love the last line in verse 5 that I believe gives us an indicator of here's how you know if you're learning to live that lifestyle of repentance. Lifestyle of repentance. It's not simply that one time, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, where you repented. That's great. It's a lifestyle. That's what the psalmist is pointing at here. The lifestyle of repentance. And if we, as God's pursuing us, if we're learning and living out the lifestyle of turning 
and saying yes to him, embracing him, repenting from doing it on our own, our own way, our own glory, our own strength. Here's how you know that it's actually happening. That in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the enemy, something supernatural has taken place and your cup overflows. The proof is in the pudding. If your cup is not overflowing, turn. If you turn and let him restore you when you're tired and weary, lead you for his sake, not yours, protect you in the valley, nourish you in front of your battles and enemies, then your cup will overflow. No matter the circumstances, all the days of your life. That's the picture that David is painting. It's the biblical picture of thriving. A cup that overflows not or in spite of the circumstances, not dependent on the circumstances. But that God's power and presence wants to be so real, so personal, so powerful that you can thrive, overflow, regardless of circumstances. We're not there yet. (laughs) But let's take another step of turning today. And as we make this more and more our lifestyle, because we see that warm smile of pure goodness and steadfast love, chase it after us. It's forever emblazoned in my head now. I got my picture of Jesus chasing me. The beautiful face of Micah. <laughs> and our job every single day is to recognize that pursuit and turn and receive that embrace of goodness that he has all the days of your life so that you can join David in his confession. Therefore, I will dwell in your presence every day. Let's pray. And I want to ask you to consider Psalm 23 and which situation fits you best currently. Are you tired and weary? Are you leading yourself for your name's sake? Are you in a valley of darkness? Or are you in a battle? Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just lead us and help us hear truth from you. Be sober-minded. It's about right now in our life. As we walk through life and walk with you, I pray you would be showing us, highlighting for us one of these situations where we can turn to you. Let's just take a quiet minute.
Allow the Holy Spirit to highlight one of those situations right now in your life. To respond to him. If you're tired and weary, to respond is to turn and let him restore and give you rest. If you're leading yourself for your name's sake, turn back and say, Lord, what does it look like to have you lead me and, and not for my glory, Lord, but for yours? If you're in a valley, turn those fears over to him. Say, Lord, help me trust. You are with me, and you have that rod and the staff to fight for me. If you're in a battle surrounded by your enemies and tempted to do it on your own strength, turning would be to say, I'm going to sit down, Lord, and receive a meal from you to strengthen me so I go out in your strength. Or maybe it's the big general opening line where, Lord, I want it to be the truth more and more in my life that because you're my shepherd, I have everything I need. Help me turn more towards you each and every day to look to you to satisfy everything that I need. Just take a minute. Whatever's genuine with you right now, I encourage you to respond to the Lord. Turn to the Lord in your own words to him in the best genuine confession of, of faith and prayer for help. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do that. I was singing 